everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast, your insider's guide to franchises in the Heartland area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for education, resources, and advocacy for our local franchising field and for local entrepreneurs looking to learn about the franchising field. And our guest today is Alan Hager. So Alan's back with us for part two of our interview, episode number two with Alan Hager. And if you recall, we like that we're getting the unvarnished truth from Alan because he's retired from the franchising (laughs) field, his sold out interest. And as Alan told me one time, if you really want the truth about a profession, (laughs) ask the retired gal or the retired guy (laughs) because they got nothing to lose. So that being said, Mr. Retired, let's say you drive home from here and your lovely wife Vivian says, Alan, it's been wonderful having you as a retired husband, but you got to get out of here more often. (laughs) You are in my hair. Has she been talking to you? Well, I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I can't disclose that information here. (laughs) I mean, with COVID and everything, you know, close is good, but too close is not good, right? That's right. So I have, I've heard something along those lines. Outstanding voice. That's right. (laughs) Well, let's just, let's just take that to its next, uh, to its next logical conclusion. And she says, go start a business. And of course you would look at franchises. If there was a business that you would look at, what might it be? If there was a category, you don't have to get specific on brands, obviously. Maybe you're already investing in them. Who knows? But if there was a category that is really of interest to you right now, where might you start? Well, I, can, I mean, I'll just share one I'm, I'm actually am interested in. Please right do. Uh, one of the things that, uh, obviously, healthcare is, is the spot that I feel most comfortable mm-hmm. in. And I've continued. I've served on boards and other things and have, have stayed active uh, that way and have been looking at where things are going. And I think like a lot of businesses, you know, COVID and all the fallout from that has, has caused a, a lot of us to step back and say, okay, what, what, how does the future, you know, there, there's a little kink in whatever lines there were that said things are going this way or that thing, that the lines have begun to, to diverge a little bit, I believe, on a lot of cultural, technological, uh, and, and just, just, just human elements right now. And I think that always creates opportunity. And one of the things that, that I have seen out there that I think, and, and it's, I think it's related to the business that we've been in. The, the reality is with aging uh, uh, and aging in place and so forth. And we've seen that COVID has hit, you know, older people much, yeah, much harder. Yeah. But when you really look at, at where things are going in the developed world, not just the United States, th- there really is a massive number of people living well into their eighties and nineties. The challenge is a good percentage of them, and we took care of those guys, have tremendous disabilities. So even though they got long life, it's not too good, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole range of things in medicine right now. Uh, and, and I mean, just, you know, bio, uh, there's biometrics, there's the hormonal replacement, there's, there's just a, a staggering number of DNA kinds of things that, that are going on where they're looking at how do your final years, whether to... You know, my buddies and I talk about now, are we in the late part of the third quarter or the early part of the fourth quarter, (laughs) right? And the key thing is you don't want to be in sudden death overtime. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a whole massive number of us out here going, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 64 Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 
God willing and a little bit of luck, you know, and I look at uh, where my family has gone, I could live to be 85, 90, and, and maybe even be productive. We see it all around us, but we also see those that, that don't go that way. Well, what if there were services that could help that huge group actually have a plan to, to just as you get edu- you know you get education if you want to go this direction rather than that you, you do exercise if you want to do this rather than that uh-huh. what if there were a range of services that that one could access that gave you a much higher uh, chance of aging successfully and being vital into your late years I think that would that would be an incredible solution for a lot of people that they would be willing to uh, to part with their hard-earned you know money for uh-huh and so there are things that are being developed out there right now. And anyway, that's, that's one for me. Again, I think because it's healthcare related, it fits in a franchise model potentially just because it would have to be a locally sourced service. Gotcha. Gotcha. So on the topic of Alan's crystal ball, because that wasn't the answer I expected from you. <laughs> it was a good answer. It wasn't the answer I expected. What do you see in the future of senior services, globally speaking? You know, there's going to be things that we haven't even thought about right now. I mean, you know, I've been going to technology meetings over the last several years, uh, uh, not the last year, but but certainly in the the last years of my tenure with Ride at Home and seeing the amount of work that's done, that's being done at the top universities in the United States, really the whole world right now, and the amount of work that's going into the very thing that we just talked about. You know, how, how can we take care of the people that are going to need the care at, a, at an acceptable cost to mm-hmm. society? It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a fundamentally um, staggering issue. I mean, you take a country like China, they're going to have 400 million people over age 60 coming up here very soon. Then just think about that for a second. Bigger than the population in the United States. So so the stakes are obviously huge. We we have to come up with new solutions. It's not just the universities. You've got think tanks, you've got governments, you've got large in business industries across the spectrum. Uh, I mean everything from the drug companies to the technology companies and others. Uh, I mean Apple, Amazon, all the big, big, big players. And the reality is it probably won't be one of them that's the most successful. It's going to be someone with a great, great idea that figured out a solution and really worked on it and then began to, to build it up that's going to really make that successful. Well, if you got another 30 minutes, we can do a second episode and we can just solve that while we're here. Okay, we'll just solve the whole thing. Perfect. Uh, the sister question to the question I asked you about the future of senior services – what do you see in the future of franchising? What do you see franchising? How do you see franchising changing or what's going to be important in franchising in the next 10, 20 years? I'm hugely bullish on franchising. The reality is it fits the emerging young generation of people that I talk to. There's so many of them. And again, maybe, again, this is one of those things that shifted a little bit with COVID even, but it was already coming on. With the technology tools available, with the education level of folks, with just what, how much you can, you can actually, how productive you can be uh, with all the, the tools that are available to us now, and just with the mindset that folks have, I think you're going to see more and more of this arise. And why franchising, I think, is going to be a part of that is because as a model, I've never seen anything better as a business model. Business is hard. 
right? Mm-hmm. Let's face it, you know, day in and day out, sometimes it's a grind. You got a lot of different ideas. You got different competing notions of what's going to be successful and how's it going to be successful and, and all that going on. But fundamentally, a franchisor, franchisee, when you look at that situation, it's so powerful because at, at the end of the day, it's completely aligned interests of all the parties. And you've got different strengths. You've got some at the local level, but you've got others that are looking at it, at, you know, in the mile-high level, which you have to do strategically. So anyway, you ball that together. And I think uh, I'm a little concerned, like everyone, I think about uh, the administration, you know, some of the, the, the new federal regs and things like that. Uh-huh. I mean, we're going to have to work through that. Uh, I mean, you're going to look in our industry – perfect example at the lower end in inequality it's going to be dealt with it has to be dealt with right so so for example we we use lower paid caregivers and right now those caregivers are getting paid a whole lot more and and there's a whole lot of fallout from that i mean it's it's wonderful for them and and being able to get benefits and so forth it's challenging for the seniors to pay for because they're going to be paying more and that's not just in and obviously in senior care home care i think in a lot of franchising you see that particularly at the lower wage structure industries. We're going to have to sort through that, but we will. Thanks. Appreciate that. We're going to have to start wrapping up here as much as I don't want to, but can you share any of your favorite uh, Peter Drucker or Warren Buffett lines on small business? Wow. That's an interesting one. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I love uh, uh, one of my favorite lines with, uh, uh, Drucker is always about, you know, we, when we would do strategic planning, I know I would always force you to, <laughs> to, to, to listen to some of this, but one of my favorite lines from Peter Drucker is he said, strategic planning, he said, is like driving down the road 80 miles an hour, but you're looking in the rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing in the world is to align yourself, you know, of where things are going. You know, we're, we all are set you know, there are a few folks out there, you know, crazy Elon Musk, who's, who's just a genius. You know, uh-huh. he's a mad genius in, in a way. And he, he and, and many others have this ability. But, but it, the, the second part of that is, you know, as, as you'll recall, we used to say in strategic planning, it has to degenerate into work. <laughs> it can't just be this, you know, lovely thing. So I think anytime you've got a creative idea for a business, the key thing is, Remember, you've got to wrap a structure where you get out there in the marketplace and you're doing it. That's the only way you ever are going to flesh it out. So it has to, you know, it has to get out there. And, and if you work at it, you work at it, you work at it, then you'll start seeing the future a little more clearly. Thanks, Alan. Couldn't yeah. have wrapped it up better. Hey, it was great to be with you. Thanks, Blake. Absolutely. Well, this is going to wrap up another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. I want to say a huge thanks to Alan Hager, the founder and former chairman of the board of Right at Home and Right at Home International. Alan was a mentor to many, including myself, is a mentor to many, including myself. And you know that old saying, speaking of old sayings about nice guys never finish first? Well, the people that printed that never met Alan. (laughs) Thank you so much. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Alan, for being our guest today. This is going to wrap up another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. A Huda Media Production.